0: Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. All right, to So we're gonna do we're gonna do another uh, another beautiful piece. Amir, the salad. Yeah. it's your input. Your input. So we'll say we're gonna we're gonna begin a really a really beautiful piece tonight. Continuing again in the in the Indian of the Chumah. There are sheets. If anyone else needs sheets, there should be. We'll Just pass these down if we need any more. So we're going to do a, a, a really beautiful piece tonight. On um, you can see, you can see that the uh, the topic, the topic that we have, is "Mahosa Avelos, the essence of the Avelos of Tishbav. What 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 is it that we're mourning? And I, was, I think, you know, the incredible part is, as as I, I think, as I get older, and I come to appreciate things in a in a different light, you begin to see something incredible in Yiddishkeit that there is no such thing within our entire religion, no matter how sad or how overwhelming or how how emotionally crushing, that doesn't have some level of positivity, some level of of optimism, of hope embedded within it. And the truth is, the amazing part is, Tisha B'Av is no different. Now the truth is, you'll say, oh yeah, of course, because we know that what happens on Tisha B'Av, at Chatzos, we, we flip over, right? At Chatzos, we go ahead and we switch. Fundament, everything switches at Chatzos, right? From sitting on the ground to pulling back the Parochas to a whole bunch of other kulas that ultimately again set in once Chatzos comes. But Lemaise, even before Chatzos, even embedded in the very character of Tisha itself, we're going to see something amazing. So I'll we'll say, so take a look over here. I will say, the Sefer Priya Aretz was Rav Menachem Mendel of Vitebsk. So, Rebbe of says something beautiful. He says, I was saying, you know how, like, your whole life you're thinking about a question, but you never really want to articulate it because it sounds like a stick like happy carcels. Anyone ever have an experience like that? Oh wow, such a Sadiqim over here. Alright, no, no all right, fine. I'll be the shaykh. Right? So I say like, like you walk out with a question and it's bothering you, but like you've never seen it asked, you've never heard anyone else articulate it. you have all been so, to Yeshiva. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, right. You know, so you kinda of just sit in the corner. You know? So look look what the Priya Ras asks. He says, Hello Masha of our Ayan. So the Priya Rs essentially says, What are we doing? Like what what is it that we're doing? We're sitting here, we're mourning over a base Mikdash. What was was. What was was Kima'amar Ashre Adma Fahi Tamid Hu Allah Asid. Even when David Shalmah says, excuse me, Ashre Adma Fahi Tamid, praiseworthy is the person who is in a perpetual state. It's not really pacha doesn't have to mean fright. Pachad could means cognition. Person who's constantly aware—that's a person who's mefakhid about losing out opportunities in the future. Sholmelech is not saying Ashri adam mefakhid on his past. I say, I've given, I, I give you the 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 Be'er Melech B'l-Melech B'l-Melech gives a great marshal about how to relate to your past versus your future. I think I've said it here in the shir. He says that he says that. Imagine you're driving, and what happens? You go ahead and you look the entire time in the rearview mirror. Right, so what happens if you drive and you look the entire time in the rearview mirror? You get into an accident. Uh, you get into, so Amir so, so, so says, how many people live life constantly looking in the rearview mirror? They never look at it. They're always focused on the past. So how do you live a proper life? Now, again, to never check your rearview mirror is also irresponsible. So life has to be this incredible balance. Between every once in a while checking back, learning from what, being cognizant of what's in back of me, but the bulk of my time is spent on what's in front of me. So asks the Tzantik of Bitebsk, what are we doing? What are we doing? We're so preoccupied, spending so much time focusing on the Khorban. Manta Hava Hava. What happened, happens. What happened, happened. It's done. It's thousands of years ago. Wouldn't we be better off focusing our energies on what lies ahead? So, second paragraph. And he, he strengthens the question i strengthen the question So we know the story This is in the aftermath of the episode of David and Bathsheba So remember again, Bathsheba gives birth to a baby the Navi says, the Navi comes to, 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 to Davin HaMelech and says, ultimately, again, the baby's going to die. And the baby gets sick. And Davin HaMelech is mamish, fasting, davening, pulling out all the supplicatory stops and doing whatever is within his power to be able to go ahead and save his son. And then something amazing happened. Ulam, Once he knew that the child had died, Shuv vayirchatz vayasech vayachalof Simlosov. So I will say, this is incredible. It's actually actually an amazing story. The baby dies, Nebuch, and what does David Amalek do? He gets up, he washes himself, he anoints himself, he takes off his trunk clothing, puts on regular garments, and sits down to eat. The servants see David Amalek's behavior and say, what's the matter with you? Well, I mean, they didn't say it like that because he's the king. (laughs) Well, savadov, ma hadavar hazeh asher asisa, so we'll say that the servants of David didn't understand his behavior. When the baby's alive, when the is alive, albeit sick, right? You're fasting, you're crying, you're not eating. Now your baby just died. Your baby just died. And now what? And now you're going to go ahead and change and eat and conduct yourself like in a normal fashion? doesn't make any sense. Say, what's the Derech olam? The olam is that one's pain intensifies with death. It doesn't lessen. So the Avadim say to David, we don't understand what it is that you're doing. So what happens? And David Amalekh says something amazing. He says, It's true. When the baby was alive, I fasted, I cried, Ki amarti v'chaneni Hashem hayalat. Because I said to myself, look, who knows? Who knows? You know, saying one of the most uh, important lessons that David Amalek had, you know, there is a. There is a we're familiar with the story. We've said it. We've learned it so many times in different contexts. The story of when Chiskiyo was on his deathbed. Right? Chiskiyo was a great great grandson of David Amalek. Chiskiyo is on his deathbed. Remember again, Yeshayo, the Navi comes to visit him. Now what does Yishayahu say to Chizkyo? Right, It's like on the top three things not to say to someone you're being b'vah k'chola, which is, you're going to die, right? right? Generally not good, b'vah k'chola, medikith. Well, this is besides that the Yishayu and Chizkiyahu didn't have a good relationship. So what happens? Yishayahu says to Chizkiyahu, you're going to die. So, so again, they get into a whole, right? this is where Chizkiyahu didn't want to get married, didn't want to have a child, because he saw that that if he had, would have a son, his son would be a Rasha. So he doesn't get married. And remember again, what? Is, so, so here you have Yishayo tells Chizkio you're gonna die, and what does Chizkio say? No, I have a Masora, I have a tradition from my father's home that what? Even if there is a sharp sword resting against a person's neck, you don't give up. You don't give up. So we'll say, you see where where did where did Chizkiyahu get this from? Where did this come from? This came from the day, the David HaMalech. When the baby's alive, the baby's alive, you don't give up. It doesn't matter what the doctors say. It doesn't, it doesn't matter what anyone says. It doesn't even matter what the navi says, by the way. Because here the navi told the David HaMalech the baby's going to die. It doesn't make a difference. Where there is life, there is hope. Where there is life, there is hope. As long as there is life, there is always the ability to turn things around. Maybe not maybe it has to be an ace, but there's always the ability to turn things around. But once there's death, once there's death, that's it. That's it, you can't, you can't affect change. Also, right? You know the scariest part of death is not the cessation of life. That's because we believe in Olam Haba, So that's not, that's not what scares me about death. What scares me about death is once I die, I can't affect change within myself. Whatever I did, I did. Whatever mitzvahs I did, whatever raveras I did, that's it. That's what's locked in. That's, that's, that's what I've got for eternity. So David HaMelech says to his servants, when the baby was alive, of course I cried, I fasted, I did everything. The baby's dead. The baby's dead. David HaMelech says, now that the baby has passed away, why should I fast? What good is that going to do? And look at his words, look at his words. ha ucha la by the way, it's such a profound statement. What is that? which means what? Which means what? how would you translate that? Can I bring him back? Can, can can I bring him back? Is anything I'm going to do going to make a difference right now? Can I bring him back? <clears throat> Actually, the, the rest of the Pasek is heartbreaking. Where David HaMalach then says Lashon HaPasek is Dabr says, I know that I can... I, I, I forgot the exact Lashon, but Dabr Melch says, I know that he will not come back to me, but I will go to him. That was the Lashon HaPasek. Very profound. Hosea Yishnu, by the way, there's a halokha like this in Shulchan Aruch. The, the, the Shulchan Aruch in Uchul Sabeh says that an ovel is not allowed to say I would give anything to change these circumstances which by the way is so interesting because one of the most natural things for a person to say in the midst of loss especially tragic loss is I would give anything to change these circumstances so why are you not allowed to say those words why not so it could be it could be meable I think even simpler it could be even simpler why can't you say it? So first of all, everything is from Hashem. There's a concept of Tzidu kadin. Good. Even if you don't, that that, that by itself is like, is like a level. It's like a level. Let's say I'm not on that level. There's even something simpler. What's simpler? <clears throat> it's an exercise in futility. Why, why are you wasting energy on things? that will not yield any productive results. You want to talk about how much you want to change, you can't change what happened, right? The person died, the person passed away, one day, but until then, until then, this is what it is. So to spend your time thinking about what if, what could, if only, if only, it's an exercise in futility. and Chazal understood that the way that people are able to go ahead and move past loss is through acceptance. If you don't have acceptance, right? That's the first step in grief. If you don't, well, denial is the first step in grief. But I'm saying the first step in rehabilitating oneself is acceptance. If I don't accept that it is what it is, right? after acceptance, I could come to the theological components, that it's all from Hashem. I could grow even more with that, that ultimately is Latova. So that's what David Melech is telling his servants. So we'll say, see, see here what's happening over here? Hear what's happening? So the Piyah Aras says, Piyah says, we have biblical precedent from David Melech, which is, once something is done, once something is done, what's the proper approach? What's the proper approach? Move on. Move on. As it says, Horay, should Davaramalach even Davaram understood, kilo shayek lihis avel ulit staer ulihs only la maisa. understood there is no point in mourning after the fact. So again, so here the PR is saying, I don't understand. We're hyper focused. I we'll say the truth is, we're hyper focused all year around on the Horban. But especially Tishabav, well say, especially Tishab. I just want to point out, just so you understand, like, how, how overwhelming the Aveilus, is, Rabbi saying, that it comes Sunday morning, we don't put on Tfilin? Ayid starts his day with Tfilin every single day. Right? Again, I was saying, we saw this. Which Mesechta did we have it in? What well, was before Yuvamis? Okay, i do not telling if it doesn't remember. What's the funny one no. <laughs> well, was? No, it's not. No, it's No, it's not. No, it's not. it's not. No, it's not. it's not. Hagiga? it's not. No, So we had it's not. No, it's not. No, it's not. No, What's an example of poshe Yisrael begufon? What's an example of a Jew who sins with his body? You remember what the Gemara says, right? A person. So that that's choser mimochama. But the Gemara says someone a karf a karf a karkaf. A person who doesn't put on tefillin is considered to be again chote begufo sitting. Shabbos says just to show you, like, okay, so you know we're gonna put it on the afternoon. Shabbos say again with the risk of sounding morose, like you don't know what happens in the morning and the afternoon. No one knows what happens in the morning and the afternoon. So I'm going to bank on the fact, I'm not going to put on in the morning, banking on the fact that I'm going to put tefillin on in the afternoon, not knowing my Yov o Yom, what any particular day brings. That's how overwhelming the Aveilus of Tisha B'av is. So ask the PR what's going on over here? What's going on over here? The power of the Jew is the ability to be a forward-thinking individual. The power of the Jew is not to spend life looking in the rearview mirror. The power of the Jew is when there is life, do whatever you can to preserve life. But once there is death, once there is finality, once there's exardin, once it's done, move on. Once it's done, move on. So Priya is asks, how does this stim with what we do for Abel? So you're going to say something. I think, I'm not sure if this is the direction he's going to be heading, but there's even a, in my mind there's a sharper question is David HaMelech had a son to mourn over. We never had a Beis HaMikdash to mourn over. Right, it's, oh, oh great, great. He, he doesn't say that but, that, but I think that's an excellent Torah. Right, right. Here, Mamish, it was, to, to put it even a little bit more sharply, it was Meso Mutalafanov. It was Meso Lefanov, right? The Navi doesn't say, by the way, that they buried the baby and then David went ahead and got up and changed and ate. It sounded like everything just happened instantaneously. Mm-hmm. The baby died, and Dovana says, "Okay, the chapter is closed. The, cha- the chapter is closed. So we'll say? It's a good question. No, tell me. No, no, one here was bothered by this. I've, I've always been bothered by this. Always been bothered by this because it really seems, in many respects, that the way we approach Tishabov is fundamentally antithetical to everything else we do in Yiddishkeit. We are such forward-thinking, hopeful, optimistic people who look in the rearview mirror, reflect on the past." But do not get lost in it. So look at the PR. writes, right? Obioser He says, I, I, I'm going I'm to bolster the Kasha more. he ha'yoser Kasha mikulam. The Rebbe says something amazing. He says, there's another problem. What's the other problem with mourning? sadness, saying, is the greatest barrier to avodas Hashem. Atzvos, sadness, it's, it's incredible. Rabbi Nachman, Rabbi Nachman, writes extensively about this, or his writings, his teachings are extensively quoted in the Kuti Ma'oran about this, where, where the Rebbe says that the Yetzer Hara's greatest tool to derail our Avodas Hashem is atzvos, the sadness. Get a person to be depressed, get a person to be sad, get a person to give up on themselves, and you're done. You don't, you don't need... Yitzhar. I don't need to get anybody to sin. I don't need to get you to sin. I just need you to be sad. I just need you to give up. Because once you give up, that's it. Once you give up anyway, you're done. You're down and out. You're down and out. So the Rebbe says, P.R. says, uh, we're institutionalizing atzvos. Right? We're, we're, we're encouraging atzvos. The din, the halacha of the day is atzvos. So says the Rebbe. How does this work? Avodah Zara, Nicroi Sashma. This is incredible, by the way. Look at this, Ha'ara. He says Avodah itself is called Atzvos. Atzabehem Kesef Vizav Vehin Ein La La Atzvos Shaychos. say this is incredible. He says the word Atzabehem, Atzabehem, which refers to Avodah is from Lashon of Atzuv, of sadness. Avodah is sad. Why is Avodah Zarah sad? Because it's Shaker. Because Avodah Zarah distracts a person from their true Avodah in life, which is Avodah Hashem. So it says the Rebbe, sadness creates such a barrier between us and HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Mm-hmm. Ve in Shekhinah, Shorah Elohim Simcha, quotes the Gim'am Rasek HaShab, furthermore, the Shekhinah only rests on a person in a state of Simcha. So I we'll said, you hear the Kasha, you hear the Kasha, it's, it's, it's profound, it's profound, which just calls into question, mm-hmm our entire relationship to Tisha and what it is that we're trying to accomplish so look what he writes the end of 183 so we'll say get ready for this heartbreaking Yerushalmi Yerushalmi says any generation in which the Beis Hamikdash was not rebuilt in its generation it's as if the Beis Hamikdash was destroyed in that generation so we'll say so in general it's a very hard Yerushalmi to understand what, what, what does that mean? What does that mean? So, so first of all, again, it's my fault. Why, why is it anymore my fault? The last generation, next it, year. It, it, in general, also like collective guilt is always a fascinating theological idea. About now, we know that it's true because there is a concept of our a The concept of kliyos arei b'zeba zeh. Look what it is. Page one eighty four. Muach mizeh enam ruuyin because it was on a very Pashat level, if the Besimek dish is not rebuilt in our generation, it shows that what? It shows that what? We're not we really roy. We're not worthy. worthy. Yeah, yeah. Which means if we're not worthy to have it rebuilt, then apparently what? We're no better than the generation that lost it. We're no better than the generation that lost it. Which I will say is a, is a, fascinating, is a fascinating idea. Because I've often thought about this as well which is, in order to go ahead and get back to base HaMikdash, do we have to be as good as they were before the downward spiral? Are we measured by, by a different a different? Darg- so again, these are, dvar ma'om it's up to what we need. But Lamaiso, what the Priya is saying, what the Priya is saying is that if the base HaMikdash is not rebuilt in my generation, then ultimately, again, that's reflective <laughs> that we're no better than the generation who lost the base HaMikdash. We'll say it's a very overwhelming Gemara. It's a very overwhelming Gemara because sometimes like when we think about the generation, when we think about the generation... In which the base Hamitash was destroyed. You know, was just uh, I was just learning uh, Bar Mitzvah next Shabbos. Akiva Weinberg says, "Sweet boy, he's be Misayim. He's gonna make a siyum on Maseches It's actually pretty amazing, by the way, because you know the last Gemara Maseches Makos is the Gemara Rabbi Akiva is going up on Harabayas, right? And you have Rabbi Yoshua, Rabbi Laza, ben Azariah, Rabbi Gamliel. Everyone together, everyone together, and they're seeing the Harabayas in a state of destruction, in a profound state of destruction. So, what's fascinating, again, is, so, you know, you know, the whole exchange, they start, the fox comes out of the Kodesh they start crying, he starts, so, just as an aside, it's incredible, this bar mitzvah boy, his name is Akiva, and his bar mitzvah is on Shabbos Nachamu, and he's making a on Masechah's Makis. I just found this out tonight. We learned the last piece Russia together. Like, I'm sorry. Josh is done. Josh is done. No, no, The truth is, I just gave. I gave it to him. I said, "This so, is this yeah. is his This is his pshatul." So I did. But I'm just saying, like, so, sometimes you see these things, and it's like, wow, Ribanu Shalom really, really pulls the strings on 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 anything and everything that happens in this world. So I say, so listen to this. So therefore, the the, the idea over here is so like. We think if we don't get the Beis HaMikdash, okay, we haven't risen to the level of requisite righteousness. But the truth is what the Yerushalmi is highlighting over here is something, is something additional, which is that Halacha Lemaissa, if we don't have the Beis HaMikdash, that's also an indictment. That it means that we are like the generation who lost it. So in other words, had our generation lived at the time of the korban, we wouldn't have saved the Mikdash either. Which, which is an overwhelming statement, I will say. And, and like, if you think about it, like, it's very heavy. It's very heavy. And it's a profound generational indictment. And it's hard to understand that a little bit because we think about previous generations, we think about, and we look at our generation. I don't know, you look at Kalal Yisrael now, I think Kalal Yisrael is doing amazing. I think is doing great, Baruch Hashem, on so many different levels. Are there challenges? Of course, but there are always challenges. But yet here the Gemara is telling me that if I don't get the base Hamikdash back, then I am just as culpable as a generation who lost it. And I will say, here we go. Nimsa. Here we go. I will say this line, get ready for your life to change. You might wanna have like another bite of the eggplant, you know, something beforehand, a little lechayim, because your life is about a sound. <laughs> was a soft hint. That was a soft <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so I'll tell you something, your life is about to change. Look at what the Rebbe says be so torn in himself what's the avodah voshift above shebakhod <speaking in Hebrew> darvadar chayev adam liros asatzmo ki ilu hayatsa yerushalayim does he ever hear a phrase like that <laughs> ever hear a phrase like that the khol darvadar chayev adam liros asatzmo every single generation a person is supposed to view themselves as if they left yerushalayim let me say of course over here the the priya Aras also according from the kassam silver, is borrowing, of course, the phrase that we have an Ave psachim, right? The mishnah Ave psachim I'm sorry. With ravinu david, right? With Salsa right? And it's, uh, that's 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 <laughs> lukewarm. Yeah, that's hot. That's yeah, hot. It's precious hot. So you know, and so, uh, so so it's interesting is that I remember again what what does the gemara say? What does the gemara say? I think he said sukkah, not psachim. I think about the sukkah, right? So, so the, so the, so what does the Gemara say? adam asmo ki ilu hu yatsa right? That's the mitzvah at the Lel hasader. right? The mitzvah on the Lel hasader is to go ahead and see yourself as if you left Egypt. In other words, the whole Yesod of Pesach is not to celebrate the historical event. The whole Yesod of Pesach is to go ahead and dip into the past, bring it into the future and create a relevant contemporary experience. Writes the Priya Arez. that is the same avoda by Tisha B'av. Tisha B'Av. is not about mourning the past. Isn't that incredible? Tisha B'av is not about mourning the past. That's not what it's about. So what is Tisha B'av about? What is Tisha B'av about? Adam Liros es atzmo ki says the Priya and I will say what does that mean in a practical level? On a basic level, the way the Priya is understanding it is that if the base hamikdash is not rebuilt in my generation, then I and my generation are just as culpable and just as liable. As the dar who lost the base hamikdash. See, I say, it's not the pshat that they were terrible, they were terrible, and just Klaalisra has not risen to the requisite level of piety. It's that no, if I don't have a base hamikdash, then I'm the same as them. You know, we look at this drive, Kamsa bar kamtze, and we say to ourselves, oh my gosh, Rishos, 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 terrible, terrible. It is Rishos. But Lamaisa, if I don't have a base hamikdash, that means Kamsa bar Kamsa is unfolding every single day also. That's what it means. The same ills and the same difficulties and the same challenges that are plaguing when the second base was destroyed are the same things that are present. That says the Rebbe is what's going on over here. It's not the Pshat that we're focusing on the past. That's not the Pshat because that's antithetical to Yiddishkeit. Yiddishkeit does not live just constantly watching the rear view mirror. We live in the present, we live in the future. That's, we build ourselves up. So the avoda of tishabov Chayiv Adam Liros, Ki mirushalayim. I have to view myself as if I am one of the members of the generation who lost the Beis HaMikdash. Because if the Beis HaMikdash is not rebuilt in my days, then I share that same level of culpability as my ancestors did. He says, Mm -hmm. Just like on Pesach night, at the end of the day we're obligated to celebrate as if we left Mitzrayim. So to the Avelos, ultimately again, of the Tisha B'Av, is the same idea, is the same idea, that Halacha that Halacha as if we left Yerushalayim ourselves. Vainu machmasa de biyamav kilu biyamav. Shabbos say, what, what an incredible you sowed. You're right, it's not about a historical event. It's not about a historical event. The Priya Aretz, his kashas were good. For his own kasha, the David Amelech. The Kashas are good Kashas, but at the end of the day, says the priya Aretz, we're not focusing on the past. I'm focusing on the present. I'm focusing on the fact that if I don't have a base on mikdash, then Lamaisa, what that tells me is that Halacha Lamaisa, Halacha Lamaisa, I am in a state of disrepair as well. And my state of disrepair is just as acute as the generation who lost the mikdash. So, I want to take the priya aretz one step further. You know what is interesting. It's interesting. Oh, is this the storma? storm list. Uh, storm what? Okay. <clears throat> okay. Good. Shabbu, you better eat something quickly. I don't, we don't know what's coming over here, right? And I was like, so, so, I'll tell you something interesting, which is, you know, because I, I, I was very, I was very, I just saw this phrase. I never saw this phrase by the Priya before. The, the profound you sort of, call, right of. Of shebachol darvadar chayiv adam Liros it's it's asmo kiilu yatsam which by the way I just want to point out that when we say when we say the when we say the when we say the when we say the kina ultimately again of betseisi mimitzrayim and betseisim and we'll say this kina takes on a new a new meaning as well, which is we link these experiences in a dramatic way, right? Remember again, that's towards the end of kinnis. and it's a contrast. It's a profound Kinnah because it's a contrast between the experience of the Exodus, which was Simcha, and the experience of Galos, of exile, which was heartbreaking. And now we see, according to the Priya Aretz, the resounding profundity of that particular capital, because the truth is, the experiences really are fundamentally linked. That in the same way, Chayiv Adam miros es Atzmo ki'ilu Hu is Chayiv Adam miros es Atzmo ki'ilu Hu mirushalayim. So I'll but I'll end off. We'll end with one last piece. I want to say something interesting. The name Yerushalayim. I say Yerushalayim, the most incredible place in the entire world. So remember again, the first time we find the reference to Yerushalayim is where in Parashas Lech Lecha, Avram comes back right from the war of the four kings against the five. So what happens? The Torah says, Malki Tzedek Melech Shalim Hotzi Lechem Biyayin Vukoin Lekel Alyon." Malki Tzedek, Rachi identifies with Shem Ben Noach. He went ahead. He was the king of Shalim, the king of Shalim. Okay, who, who knows what's what's Shalim? So the Ebenezer already writes Shalim is Yerushalayim. That's fine, that's fine, there's only one problem, which is, which is, Torah doesn't call it Yerushalayim. Torah calls it Shalim. So we'll there's a beautiful Medrash. The Medrash in Berechias Rabbah, in uh, Parshas Vayera, writes as follows, by the, by the akeda. So the Pasek says, Vayikra Avram, Vayikra Avram, excuse me, Shema HaKom Hashem Yireh. So the Pasek says, Hashem called that place. What's that place? So specifically, again, it was the Harabayis. That's where the Akita took place. Abram called it Hashem Yirah. So the Major says so beautifully the Major writes, the Major writes, Akhalish who didn't know what to call the city. <laughs> Can you imagine? Baruch Hashem says, What should I call? What should I call the capital of the world? What should I call the most important place in the entire universe? What should I call the most beautiful and holy geographic location known to man? What should I call it? He says, Imani Avram Adam So he, he, I'm sorry, he says over here. He says, if I call I'm sorry, I shame, Adam So if I go ahead and I call it Yir'a, like Avram called it, then ultimately again Tzedek, shame is gonna get upset. And if I call it Shalim, then Avram Avinu is gonna get upset. So what should I call it? Allah Hareini Kori Yerushalayim. I call it Yerushalayim. Which, by the way, if you think about it, is so profound. Where does Yerushalayim get its name? Where does it get its name? So where does it get its name? From Shalom. Right? Shane calls it Shalim. Emma think Shame calls it Shalim. Aramavino you know, calls it Yir'ah. Khalid who says, I can't call it one over the other. It has to be Which I will say, by the way, is why. If there's one place in the world, where a person has to be Macbid on Shalom and on Kabad and on it's in Yerushayim Irakodesh, which is why I, boss, I you know, these things, wherever there is the greatest Kedijah is also where you often find the greatest Tumah. Now, I so say, so give me an example. If you look at what happened, I think we spoke about this last week a little bit also, maybe two weeks ago, maybe not, maybe I was thinking it. So, you know, we saw what happened by the uh, egalitarian plaza. By the Kosal a couple of weeks ago, where where people who I guess describe themselves as Kanoim come and disrupt, I don't know what they were doing over there, whatever they were doing, right? Ripping up Siddurm. Oh. That mm-hmm. that's that's what the remote wants. That that's that that's now again, you could have your own opinions as to what should happen at the coastal, where it should happen at the coastal. You could have your own opinions on different streams of Judaism. Everyone is entitled to their own opinions. Everyone is entitled to their own opinions. But but lamaisa but lamaisa to act in such an abhorrent fashion, to act in a way to act in a way that disparages and and, and visceral hatred towards another Jew, calling other Jews names, calling other Jews. let's say an entire base hamikdash is worth nothing? It's like we, we don't we don't learn we don't learn. So here you have Jews literally despising other Jews in the name of God, right at the site that was lost. Because of sin and just to be totally fair, it goes all the way. It's no different than when the women of the wall try to provoke and sneak in a safer Torah, even though they're not supposed to. What what what, what are what are we doing? And we will say, it's incredible. How is how come it is that these things don't happen anywhere else in the world? Right? They only happen in Yerushalayim. Only in Yerushalayim. <laughs> like let it happen in Brooklyn, right? Let, do it in Lakewood. Do it in Lakewood, right? Not in Baltimore. We're this <laughs> people over here, right? Take it somewhere else. Why do in Yerushalayim? But it, it makes sense. It makes sense because Yerushalayim is the epicenter of Shalom. The name itself comes from HaKadosh Baruch who not wanting to. Riboshom could do whatever he wants. He could call whatever he wants by whatever name he wants. But Idafka constructs a name that incorporates Machitzevic's names because he doesn't want to make Peirut. He doesn't want to make a separation between Jews. He doesn't want someone to be offended. So in the city, that is founded on the foundation of Shalom, you find the worst levels of sinasclinum. And it's not an accident. It's not an accident. The Maral says, this dynamic, where's the first time you find this dynamic? When Rivka Imenu was pregnant, the Pasuk says, habanim Yaakov and Esau, they're fighting in the womb. I affect the Maral. What do you mean they're fighting in the womb? What are they fighting over? What are they fighting The Gemara tells us, a child doesn't get a Yitzar until you come into the world. What are they fighting over? The moral says, even in the womb, Yaakov and Esau were the embodiment of good and evil. And good and evil cannot occupy the same space. They can't occupy the same space. So if you put good and evil in the same place, it's going to be constant conflict. Constant conflict. Say, so, Yushalayim, Yushalayim, which is the source of, the, of all Kiddusha in the world, you'll often find the most visceral and despicable types of tumor and hatred. So I will say, that's Yushalayim. So the name Yushalayim Yira Shalim. So perhaps we can take the Rebbe's concept just a little bit further. So I will say, what's the Pshat in the phrase? Like the Rebbe said, the dar v'adar chayiv adam liros es atzmo, ki ilu hu Yatsa mi That perhaps embedded in that phrase is a secret to Geula as well. I will say, if we want to get out of this gulus, and we truly want, go, want to buy a Shlishi, the secret is in this formulation. Shebechol do'ar v'adar, chayiv a person person has to view himself, ki ilu yatsa, as if he's ready to leave, or as if, as if he left, Yerushalayim. What's Yerushalayim? Yira shalem. You know, we'll say, do you know what the greatest problem in life is? Let's be honest, we're amongst friends, eating milk right? that's uh, well, It's a good time for honesty, right? So, what's our greatest problem? That we view ourselves as complete finished products. I'm good. I'm good. Okay, maybe i tweak over here, a tweak over there. I've got a little dent over here, a little scratch over here. But otherwise, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm fine. I was saying, when a person views themselves as I'm fine, it's like a spiritual death sentence, like a spiritual flat line. We're all great. We all have wonderful things about us. But we're not fine. We're not shulling. We're not complete. We have so much work to do. I mentioned this, I know I was talking I don't know who I was talking about this with the other night. We spoke about this a few weeks ago on Shabbos about the Oh my shadow. Sinashinam. It was like, you know, we often translate Sinashinam how? As baseless hatred. What's the problem? What's the problem? There's no such thing as baseless hatred. What does that mean? Baseless hatred means like I just hate you because I want to hate you. There's no such thing like that. In other words, I might hate someone, but I always have a reason why I hate them. You never hate someone for no reason. I will say, what's sinas chinam? The word chinam we find used by Klal Yisrael when they complain when they're in the Midbar and then something went wrong. And what do they say? Zahanu as sadaga ashaachalnu khinam. We remember the fish we ate for free. And Ashia Yechad says, "Really, you got fish? You got fish?" Paro wouldn't give you straw, but he gave you fish. Chinam Rabosa means without responsibility. What does sinas chinam mean? Sinas means that when there's a fractured relationship and no one takes responsibility to fix it. Not my problem, not my problem. I didn't do anything wrong. I'm not the aggressor. I'm not the problem. I'm just gonna leave it alone. And they're both say, so you see, we think, at least we think like godless is, I made the problem, I'll clean up my mess. That's godless. But if I didn't make the problem, it's, it's not my issue. It's not my issue. You wronged me, you're objectively wrong. I'm objectively right. You wanna fix it, the onus is on you. I have no responsibility. And the whole, that's sin aschinom. Sin is when you say, I have no responsibility. I'm sholim. I'm good. I'm free and clear. There is nothing on me to do. And that's why the Beis HaMetish was destroyed. When people think that they're fine, people think that they're complete, people think that they're sholim. A person thinks I have no more work to do. There's no geula in that. And perhaps that's the pshat that what the Rebbe is saying. Chayiv <laughs> Adam Liro says, Asmukiluhu Yatsami Yerushalayim means two things. Number one, it means that we don't observe, or we don't mourn the Hurban as a historical event. We mourn the Khurban as a contemporary event. Because if we have not yet merited to regain a base Hamikdash, it means that our generation is just as culpable as the one that lost it. But embedded in those same very words is the key to success. If we want the base Hamikdash back, I have to leave the state of mind where I view myself as being complete. I have to leave the state of mind where I leave myself as seeing, my, as the, where I leave myself as viewing myself as a finished product. I'm good. Of course, we're all good. We're all great, but we're all a work in progress. And the moment that I think my work is done, the moment I think I've reached the finish line, the moment I think there's nothing to correct, or the moment I think that I don't have a responsibility to correct that which is wrong in my relationships, is the moment that the Qurban unfolds again and again and again. Such a profound yesod. How do we go ahead and get out of this ghost? You have to leave Yerushalayim. Not physical Yerushalayim, but emotional Yerushalayim leave the mindset of viewing myself as a finished product and recognizing that we're each a work in progress and I both say sometimes in life something's not your fault something's not your fault but just because it's not your fault doesn't mean that you shouldn't try to fix it and the Ba'ashan of says something so beautiful the comes actually in, Pir-Gyavis, in Pir-Gyavis, he says that if you see something broken in this world even if you didn't break it the reason Hashem is showing it to you is because you have the ability to fix it. <laughs> you see, we often think that the only things I'm obligated to fix are what? Are what? Things the things I break. <clears throat> but if I didn't break it, okay, maybe I'll say a capital of Telen for you. But, but like, like, if, I, if I didn't break it, I don't have a responsibility to fix it. But it's not true. If you see it, it means you could do something about it. If we could just leave the mindset of Yira shulling, viewing ourselves as complete, there's no telling what could happen. So I say we should be Zolchem Yetz Hashem. It's still time. You know, even though the Gemara says that Eliyahu HaNavi doesn't come on Erev Shabbos, right? But yeah, I tell you, I've always viewed those Gemaras. Kedush could do whatever he wants. Right? Say so if he wants to skip Eliyahu HaNavi and just bring Mashiach, or if he wants to bring Eliyahu HaNavi very early in the morning so that there's still time to prepare for Shabbos, or he just wants to co- totally just supplant that and do a new process, he's the bono shalom, and he can do whatever he wants. And I will say, imagine if we tap into the power of Erev Shabbos, Erev Shabbos Chazon, we say to ourselves, you know what? I'm gonna start fixing the things that are broken even if they're not my fault. I'm gonna start fixing the things that are broken that I know about, that I see, even if I did not cause them to be broken. I'm gonna stop looking at myself as a finished product and start leaving Yeresh Shalim, start leaving Yerushalayim, that Yerushalayim. I'm just going to start living differently, start being differently. And we'll say, if we all adopted that new mindset, then at the end of the day, although we would believe we would be leaving our cognitive, emotional Yereshim Yerushalayim, would be Zolchem Hashem to enter back into real Yerushalayim. It should be Zolchem Hashem to internalize the words of the Rebbe, to internalize the words of the Priyat Sadik. To be able to connect with the Chorban as a contemporary event, to be able to leave Yerushalayim and in the schos of leaving our personalistic Yerushalayim, to enter into a rebuilt Yerushalayim with the Melech HaMashiach, with the Bayeshlish Ibn Hirabi Amenu. Amen. Uh, How's that Oof.